Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. This is our second week in our Let It Go series. And last week I received text messages. Basically, they all kind of went along this line. Why you meddling? So how many last week I was meddling a little bit, all right? We were looking last week at letting go of stuff, and I encourage you all this week to give some stuff or throw some stuff away. I want to hear how many of y'all did that. Raise your hands if you threw or gave some stuff away. Yes, I did too. I I gave some stuff and got rid of some stuff. I went big. I went big. Normally, I would keep... I have the wedding suit that I bought for Addie's wedding, and normally I would keep that in my closet for the next 30 years. Because I married my, I walked my baby girl down the aisle, you know what I mean? So I took a picture of it, and I gave it away. Because it's like way too big, which is awesome, right? That's a good problem to have. But... (laughs) But, um, but yeah, no reason to keep it, right? So I was living up to it. Also, I asked you last week to, to buy less. Was there anything that you had in your heart that you're like, you know what? I'm going to reserve. I'm not going to buy it at this time. I'm going to buy less. And then finally, we were talking about just giving more, just being generous. And I pray this whole season that you will be generous. And so we're just trying during this season to let go of things because we know that at times during the holidays, things can be a burden, extra weight that we carry during the holidays, and I'm not talking about because of the Christmas cookies, right? Literally, emotional weight, financial weight, sometimes the past weighs on us, sometimes the future weighs on us, and so we're learning how to let go of things during this series, and today we're going to be looking at letting go of control. I'm I'm watching people elbow people. Listen, (laughs) I'm not controlling. No. Um, When I say let go of control, like you're reaching over right now, some of you grabbing a friend's hand or a wife's hand and trying to hold their hand up. If you're doing that, guess what? You have a control problem, (laughs) right? But letting go of control. And how many, honestly, if you were really truthful, you would say that that's one area of your life that you struggle with is Letting go of control. Be honest. I know it is with me. And what's really neat about this Christmas story is it's just full of us being able to see how Mary handled a situation and was able to let go of control. So I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to rise for the honoring of God's word today in his house. And so how many love the word of God? Amen. So here, this is Luke's telling of the Christmas story, speaking to us about letting go of control. So it says, Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Everybody say she was troubled by the saying. 
Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask right now, as we're going through things in life, if things have been thrust upon us, and Lord God, whatever it might be that at times we carry, Lord God, at times in our life, we will look to you and be, we're just troubled by what we're hearing, troubled by what we're seeing, troubled by what we're experiencing. Lord, today, visit with us as we learn to let go of control. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. You may have your seats. I like how the New Living Translation says this about Mary being greatly troubled and saying, it says in Luke 129 in the New Living Translation, she was confused and disturbed. That's how you feel sometimes when you're going through things that you can't control, when you're going through things that are outside of your ability to make changes sometimes, and you're just like, what in the world? I'm confused and disturbed. And it says she was confused and disturbed as she tried to think what the angel could mean. Have you ever had a situation in your life where God is doing something, you're like, what in the world are you thinking, God? If I was God, this is how I would do it. Am I the only one that's ever done that before? You're like, yes, and you need to step aside because lightning. No, no, but I mean, I've thought that. Like, Lord, this is not how I would handle this. And all y'all are like, thank God you're not God, right? But I think every one of us at times go through things, and we get confused and disturbed. And, you know, you may be confused right now about something that is going on in your life, saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? Why am I in this situation? Why is this happening to my health? I never thought we would end up like this. I never thought I would experience something like this. And you feel disturbed and confused. I can't handle this. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I I need to figure this out. I've got to take control. I never thought at this point, maybe in a business adventure, I never thought at this point in my business venture, at this point I'd be facing what I'm facing right now. I thought I was past all that years ago. And here we are again. I never thought of my marriage, and here we are again. And so Mary, she felt confused, and she felt disturbed. And in verse 29, she's trying to discern what the angel could mean. Looking at your situation, trying to go, God, what in the world? Why is this happening? Why am I experiencing this? Trying to discern what the angel means. And I love this. Luke 1.30, the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I would tell you right now, I don't care what you're going through, as confused and as disturbed as you may feel, do not be afraid. God's favor is still good. Amen? Just because we're not walking in what we think is his favor right now. Just because we're not experiencing what we would like for the outcome of something to be right now. That doesn't mean that he is not showing his favor upon you. It's just not done yet. You just don't know what's about to happen. What's about to be birthed yet. Amen? So when you're going through something and you feel confused and disturbed, it doesn't feel like the favor of God at all. Luke 1, verse 31 through 35 goes on, though. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In my mind, I'm thinking she's hearing this, and she knows she's a virgin. She says it here in a second. But, I mean, maybe she's first hearing it thinking, someday. He's talking about Joseph and I. Someday we're going to have this baby, and this baby's going to be down the lineage of David, and upon his throne there'll be no end. And, and, oh, my word, 
the Messiah is going to be birthed out of my life, not realizing what exactly all that entailed. But then she does say to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy Son of God. Wow, this is heavy. This is a teenage girl. You got to remember that, right? A young teenage girl that just had this angelic visitation telling her that she's going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. I know that's a weird way of looking at it, but she is going to give birth. The 100% part of Jesus that was man is going to come through her womb, as well as the 100% part of Jesus that is God is going to come through her womb. It blows my mind. If it blows a 50-year-old dude's mind, I'm sure a little teenage girl is confused and disturbed. She could have said, this is inconvenient. Listen, angel, I've got a five-year plan, and this doesn't fit it. How many have five-year plans? How many of your five-year plan has been messed up before? Oh, yeah, my five-year plan has become a 15-year plan, right? You know what I mean? We've all been there, right? She was confused, but watch what she says, and I love this. Verse 38, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. It's a good place to start, especially if we're Christians, right? We serve him, not the other way around. Amen. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And then she says, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She was confused and she was disturbed. She was trying to discern what the angel meant. But when she heard it, she received it as a word from the Lord. And in hearing it and receiving it as a word from the Lord, she said, I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Yeah. And I'm not going to sing this weekend, I promise you. But if I did, I'd sing the Beatles song, Let It Be. But we're not going to sing. I promised you last week I wouldn't. I, okay, maybe just a little. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> now that's what she said. And as you hear that, that, that man, I want to live that way where I can give God control. I do. But many of us in this room, at times we struggle with control. And you may say, I don't struggle with control, Ross. I don't. This is a perfect message for my mother-in-law. You hearing that, Carol Deems? No, I'm teasing. I'm kidding. I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> I am so getting not a present for Christmas. <laughs> this is for my spouse. My boss needs to hear this sermon, you know. I am not controlling Ross. I am just, I am just aggressively helpful. <laughs> Ross, get off my foot. I am not controlling. I am just thoroughly organized. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Some of y'all, you want to control everything. When it comes to your kids, you want to control everything they, they say, do, think, wear. And I get it. There's a point in that when they're younger. You have to. I understand that. But you want to control exactly what they get there on their ACT, what college they're going to go to, what career they're going to have, if they're going to have grandbabies, and if so, how many? Amen. And then finally, like how, how the family's going to take care of you when you're up in years. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to... Now, we're all like that at times, controlling. Others, you want to control your spouse. I wish Amy was in here. She's not in here. Amy, she's usually right here. She needs this word from the Lord. 
You want to control your spouse. How they chew, how they dress, what they say, what they don't say, where they go, how they load the dishwasher. There is a right way. But how they load the dishwasher, how they run the sweeper. Listen, ladies, I'm going to tell you right now. If you have a husband loading a dishwasher, running a sweeper, running an iron, and they suck at it, just be thankful they're trying. Amen? Be really happy. True story. This is funny. Years ago, a, a man I grew up calling Uncle Doug, he had got up in years and his wife had passed, my Aunt Maxine, and he remarried a woman by the name of Shirley. And he was telling the story and Shirley's sitting there listening. And it was their first couple weeks of marriage and they were talking about, hi, Uncle Doug, how's things? How are you getting used to things? And well, you know, it's going pretty good. And it, well, yeah, tell them about how you did the dishes. Uncle Doug's like, well, she want me to do the dishes. He's from Kentucky, real country. And I started doing them dishes and yes, Doug. And he broke two dishes within two minutes. You know, I can't let him do a thing. And then she walks out of the room and he goes, Ross, that's how you do it. That's brilliant. That's smart right there. So I have introduced that into my premarital counseling sessions. No. <laughs> oh, man. But no, we do. We'll control what other people think of us. Like, you know how we do that? We try to control what other people think of us through Facebook and like social media. Like, we want that social media to portray exactly what we want of us. You know, that perfect Christmas tree of the family in front of the Christmas tree in the living room that took you 12 takes to get it just right. Hashtag no filter, hashtag perfect Christmas, hashtag peace on earth, goodwill toward men, except for my freaking family that can't stand for five seconds and take a decent picture without making a silly face. Smile. I said that with a lot of emotion. I'm not talking about me. No, no but we get there, right? It's like, oh. The truth is, the more you try to control, the more you fear losing control. It just is. And the more you fear losing control, the more you want to be in control. Control is a nasty thing at times. And so I want to give you a key thought today. And we'll revisit this a few times to get it deep into our spirit. You don't always have the power to control. You don't. There's things outside of your control, every one of us. You don't always have the power to control, but guess what? You do always have the power to surrender. You do always have the power to surrender. And we'll teach into that a little bit today. To live a life of letting go, it takes faith. But to have faith, you have to let everything go. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to do that at times because you don't always have the power to control. You don't always have the power to control and make people do what you want them to do. You don't have the power to control and make your adult daughter behave like you want her to. You don't have the power to control and get your marriage exactly where you want to be as quick as you want it to be. Some things are outside of your control. Now, I'm not saying that we don't do what we need to do, amen? But how many's done what you need to do in different areas of your life and it still feels as if you're out of control? It still feels as if that... In desire is not what you're expecting at all. Maybe you feel like you're out of control in the area of your finances, and you're like, Ross, I have been faithful. I give, I sacrifice, I'm careful, I'm not trying to be in debt, but it just seems like thing after thing keeps breaking down. It feels as if I'm just out of control. 
Maybe it's when you look at your, your future. How do I get there? And it feels so out of control. Or maybe it's your health. Every time I get moving toward health, I get injured. Every time I get moving toward health, I get, uh, 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 what do the, the doctors give you when they give you a, a di- I get diagnosed with something. It's like, Lord, I just, I can't. Listen, you don't always have the power to control, but you do have the power to surrender. And the Christmas story tells us and shows us how on the other side of faith, you'll always see the faithfulness of God. Amen? And so the angel appears to Mary in the Christmas story. And we have to recognize, like I said, she's just an average, everyday teenage girl. She had hopes and dreams just like any other little girl. She's dreaming about getting married. And she didn't have all the options that you have, you know? She didn't. She didn't have, she couldn't like Snapchat the boy in youth camp. I think you're cute. Me too. Your long black hair so purty. She couldn't do that. She didn't have eHarmony or ChristianTingle.com. She, she didn't have those means, right? But she still had dreams, right? She wanted to, just like all the ladies here, she just wanted a simple guy with a few basic qualities. And women, you know what? When it comes to what you want in a man, you don't want that much. No, you just ask them for the basics. basics. You just want them to be strong and handsome, charming. Mary wanted him to have a nice donkey. Maybe you want a nice car. Good job, bright future, strong hands, soft heart. You want to be close to mom, but not too much of a mama's boy. Y'all don't want too much, ladies, do you? Amen? <laughs> you just want a man to be bold yet humble, decisive but flexible, well-groomed but not soft, to lead but not to dominate, to be really fit, but not one of those guys that wants to go shirtless on Instagram. <laughs> and guys, if you're in the room and you're doing that, stop. Okay? Just Stop. You want a guy that has big goals, yet easy going. Somebody that you can feel safe with, who also is a little dangerous. Y'all ladies don't want much, just a little. You want them to be confident, but caring. You want them to love old movies, walks on beach, good chocolate-covered strawberries. Most of all, you want them to love God, be a spiritual leader, but if they have to, they could kick some butt if they need to. Do, you know what I mean? Like... Y'all ladies, y'all don't want much. (laughs) No, just the normal stuff. Okay, I'm not saying that Mary wanted all that. But let's just say Mary had dreams. That's what I'm saying. And man, the the, the angel comes and begins to speak. And and it just touches her heart in such a way that causes her to be disturbed and confused. Because this little girl's whole life is going to be different. She was hoping that she would meet her, her Mr. Right and... Joseph would propose on the Nazareth Bridge while her friend took a, a nice picture of it. They would go and get married at Jerusalem Gardens. They'd have two kids, a little boy and a little girl, little Joseph Jr., right? Little Joey, little Joe, we'll call him Joey Jr., and little Ava Marie. Oh, this would just be perfect. This was, this was yeah, she looked forward to being married and in marriage, watching Netflix and chilling. Three, four nights a week. Um, listen, the men in the room have to dream a little too, right? Like, we, we're, we're allowed to dream, right? Is that okay, men? Is that okay? Three to four times? Okay, okay, okay. You know what I'm getting at. All right, so. 
No, but she was looking forward to marriage and experiencing, but this is going to just be so different than what she ever looked for. She had hopes, she had dreams, and the angel comes and says, no, God has something different for you. And now it says she's disturbed and confused. Some of you here today, you had a plan. You had hopes. You had dreams. Maybe for you, you're like, you know what? We had two kids and we're done. And next thing you know, years later, here comes another kid and you're like, what in the world? I'm going to be an empty nester when I'm like 70? And you're just like, this isn't what I planned. And then there's others in the room going, I wish that was my situation. We just wanted two or three and we can't have one. We've tried. And there's others in the room saying, we've had a few, but one of ours passed away in the womb. I don't understand. I shook my fist at God. This doesn't make any sense to me, God. I'm confused. I'm disturbed. How many's ever been angry at God about something? Be honest. I have been flat out furious with God a few times in my life. Flat out furious, not understanding, trying to discern what in the world is going on right now because this looks like it's out of control and there's nothing I can do to fix it. Maybe you thought that job that you looked for for so long you got it and it's been incredible, but now they're downsizing. And here you go again, back out in the job market, 10 years older, all these young people growing in their skills even faster. What am I going to do? Maybe for you, it's a relational issue that feels out of control. Or maybe for you, it's an empty chair that's going to be at the Christmas table this year because of someone who passed away or somebody who just left. This week, I was confused and I was disturbed. The reason why is I have a friend. His name is Damian McCrink. His wife's name is Nancy. They've been here many times. They moved back here from Chicagoland. They're from this area, at least he is. And years ago, they were our, one of our first missionaries we supported as they were doing orphanage ministry in Mozambique. And this is probably 16 years ago or so, maybe 17, long time. They came back to the States and planted a church in the Chicago area 11, 12 years ago. Incredible church. They felt led of God to come back to this area and plant a church. And the last six months or so have just been connecting with pastors and churches and friends. And, and it's been amazing as they get ready to launch a church. And um, if you were with us at Seder, how many were at Seder last Passover season, Easter season? Yeah, yeah. The guest couple I had at my table dark-haired fella, beautiful wife, blonde wife, just precious people. They were here three weeks ago, if I remember right. They would pop in on different Sundays. On Thanksgiving, she started to feel dizzy. Just didn't feel herself. The day after Thanksgiving felt worse. They take her to the emergency room. They do a CAT scan, and they find that she has a brain tumor. 41 years old, mother of three, They schedule her for the next Tuesday to get a biopsy, of which they do. They find out there at that hospital, yes, it is cancerous. We don't know exactly what kind. We're going to send this away. But over the next few days, she got worse, so she's hospitalized. They send her to Emory, Emory this last week. One of the greatest brain surgeons in the nation comes to see her, to check on her. They do a scan again, a CAT scan, to see how things are going. And it had grown in just a week and a half. And it had grown into the thalamus. It had grown in such a way that it was inoperable. And on Wednesday, Damien posted, be praying. Be praying. There's nothing we can do. And on Thursday at 10, 10 in the morning, she went home to be with Jesus. 
I was serving a family in the church that day, doing some things, and I had about an hour drive to get back. Can I tell you that drive back home, I was upset with the Lord. God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I feel confused, and I feel disturbed, and I can't imagine what my friend is feeling right now. It's been amazing watching how the Lord has carried Damien the last few days, but still, I'm just blown away and then at that point I think all these other trivial things that we struggle to control and we're so frustrated about seems so light in comparison but that's not how we deal with those issues we don't compare when we're neck deep with our own situation that's all we can think of that's all we can see but in that moment man I just felt like anything in life is so trivial right now and I felt confused and disturbed and I'll just be honest, a little bit angry. And so it could be a health issue. It could be a financial issue that's making you disturbed or confused. That feeling like Damien, I'm sure, is feeling today, it's not supposed to be like this. This isn't how it was supposed to turn out. The epitome of health her whole life, and literally two weeks, gone. And so, when you think about Mary... And she's disturbed and confused. The thing about her, she didn't know the end of the story. And we do. We know that her baby boy would someday walk on water. Oh, I had to do it, see? Just could. We knew her baby boy would go into a grave and three days later rise from the grave, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Amen? But she didn't know that. She's just a teenage girl hearing this promise from the thing from Gabriel. And you don't know what's going to happen in your particular situation. Just like her, you don't know. But she had to make a choice, just like you have to make a choice. And the reason why is because you don't always have the power to control, but you can always choose to surrender. You always have the power to surrender. And that's what Mary did. She had to make a choice between her dreams and God's destiny. And she made the right choice. She had to make a decision between her plans and the purposes of God, and she made the right decision. She had to choose between her control and God's calling, and she chose correctly. And sometimes in our life, man, when we choose to let go to God's calling, God, I don't know what you're going to do in this situation, but I know we can trust him. See, that's what I love about Mary. Even though she didn't understand the plan, she trusted that her father had a purpose. She knew God was up to something. And I want to encourage you, in your life, God is doing something even if it feels like you have no power to control it. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You don't have power to control it. But he does. It is not out of control. It's just out of your hands. It's just not in your control. And so you have to move in the power to, everybody say, surrender. Here's the problem about surrender. There is no such thing as partial surrender. It's not like, well, I'm 85% surrendered. Well, then you're not surrendered, right? And sometimes as Christ followers, we can live with partial surrender when it comes to the things of God. Remember what she said? She said, may it be unto me according to your word. I don't want it to be partial in my surrender to the Lord. May it be unto me according to your word. What you say is what I want to walk in. And sometimes, though, we'll live in such a way that we live in partial surrender. We'll trust him to save our soul, all right? 
Imagine a young person saying, I trust him to save my soul, but you know what? I'm not done fooling around. I'm not giving that up. I'm going to keep living with somebody in sin, and I know it's wrong. I know it's not what the Word says, but it's what feels right to me. So I'm going to stay in control. I'm not going to surrender that. Mm. Maybe, maybe I can trust him to make my past okay. You don't realize, Ross, all that God brought me from. Oh, man. Old timers would say he brought me from a mighty long way. You don't realize what he brought me from. But I don't know if I can trust him with my money. I can trust him to give me peace when I'm hurting, but I, I struggle to trust him with my kids, with my spouse, with my business. I gotta stay in control of some of those things. Why? Why? Well, what is the desire to control rooted in? What is it? It's very similar to last week. You're going to see kind of a theme here. Our desire to control is rooted in lack of faith, lack of trust. See, the more I overestimate my ability to control something, the more I underestimate the power and goodness of God to handle what I'm going through. I got to trust. I got to let go. But everything in our culture invites us to live contrary to the gospel. Everything in our culture will say this. You take charge. You make it happen. If it's going to be, it's up to to me, right? That's our culture. If something's going to happen and it's not working the way I want it to work, I've got to get in there and manipulate this. Got to make it happen. That's our culture. And Jesus, he says something that is diametrically opposed to everything that culture says. Here's what Jesus says. He says, if you cling to your life, in other words, if you try to be in control, you're actually going to lose it. But if instead you give up your life, if you surrender it for me, Jesus says, you will find it. Amen? In other words, to fully follow Jesus is to surrender control to him, to say, everybody say, let it be. Man, doesn't mean that you're not going to do your part in every situation you're going through. Amen? Well, my marriage is on the rocks. Well, let it be. No, get some counseling. Amen? Get your head out your butt. I've told some men that before. You don't want to come to me for pastoral counseling. I'm, I'm not real good at it. I just, I'm like, get your head out your butt. This is what the word says, you know. You know why I say that? Because I've had my head in my butt sometimes. I'm serious. Trying to control things. No, no. Do what you have to do. Do what work. But realize that you're, there's nobody going to be working on your marriage more than God Almighty himself. When you surrender it to him. And marriage is a hard one because it takes two. Come on, amen? There's some people in here that are witnesses to that. It takes two, and that makes it difficult. Can I tell you something? I've said, it's been a long time since I've said this, but I want you to hear it. If you're going through something like that with a marriage, God will not hold your future hostage because of the will of another person. Oh, you ought to say amen to that. God will not hold your future hostage because of the will of another. You're living surrendered. You're still living submitted. You're giving yourself to the Lord. And that other person will not, refuses, and keeps stonewalling. And, and You know what I'm saying? God's, God's got a plan for you. If you want to understand that better, hit me up. We'll talk. 
So the frustrating thing is about surrender is this. Surrendering control is not a one-time decision. It is a daily choice. That thing that feels out of control every day will beg you to keep your hands holding that thing tight, you dealing with it so much, you getting, losing your peace, lose, you losing your witness, you losing your strength, you losing your health. It love every day. You've got to be able to make that decision. It's a daily choice to live a life surrendered. And here's what happens. Let's look at Mary's surrender. What's beautiful about this is every time she chose to surrender, every time, she eventually saw evidence of the faithfulness of God. She's a virgin, and the word comes, you're going to be pregnant. Can you imagine a young person going to their boyfriend, hey, the Holy Ghost got me pregnant. What in the world? But that's exactly what happened. And she went to tell Joseph. But watch how she embraced that. Let it be unto me according to your word. She has to tell Joseph this, but she surrenders it to God. And what does God do? God sends Gabriel in a dream to tell Joseph himself that the babe in your girl's womb is the son of God. Amen? God was faithful. Mary surrendered, and then she saw the faithfulness of God. Now she's a teenage pregnant bride, if you will. People in town are whispering. Some, some little ninny down the street, I can't believe it. I saw, that. I saw Joseph's donkey parked outside her little hut. I did. It was two in the morning. My Lord. I saw that. Wagon tongues in there. You know what I mean? But check this out. She's, she's moving forward with the, the grace of God on her. And she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, a family member. And Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. I'm sorry, my brain just saw this little infant in the womb with, with camel. I just pictured like a complete total John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth's belly. That is weird. <laughs> my ADHD got the best of me this morning. But the Bible says John the Baptist, he leapt in her womb. Because the, the presence of who John was was experiencing the person of the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of Mary through Jesus in her womb. And Mary, was, or Elizabeth, the cousin, was able to confirm, this is child is of God. This is the Savior who comes to take sin of the world away. Ooh. But she was faithful. It started with her faithfulness and her surrender. And then she saw the faithfulness of God. There was no room. But God provided a cave and a manger. I mean, over and over and over. King Herod gets word about the birth of a future king, and he wants to know who the baby is. He knows that every child from two years old and down in this region, I've got to slaughter these kids, or a king is going to raise up out of this group. And so he goes on the pursuit, and now Joseph, Mary, and Jesus become refugees on the run, and they got to go to Egypt and get away. How are they going to finance themselves? Oh, God sends wise men from the east. They got some gold. They got some frankincense. They got some myrrh. Amen? They got everything they needed to finance their, their, their time away before they could get back to Nazareth. And so we don't see her having the power to control, but we do see her having the power to surrender when we see God's, then we see God's faithfulness. And now you can fast forward to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And that portion of who he was, I believe, he learned a lot from Mary. I wonder if he picked up some of this characteristic of Mary just to learn to surrender. 
And so we can see him praying in the garden, if this cup of suffering can pass from me, let it be. But if not, let it be. And you know what's amazing in that whole story? The same Greek word, let it be, what his mama said is exactly what he said to God in the garden when he said, I'm willing to go to the cross. When he said, let, let this be. Isn't that awesome? And he goes to the cross. His mother sees him on the cross. That's her baby. Boy, and she's suffering under this. And Jesus, he could have called a host of angels and brought himself, if not for himself, for his mother. None of us men want our mamas to hurt. But no, he went through everything. He surrendered in that moment. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he surrendered his life. But what's powerful is we know three days later he rose again. Amen? And so let me ask you a question as we come to a close. What is it that you're trying to control that God wants you to surrender? What is it? What might it be that you're trying to control that God wants you to surrender? And what we've done today, I've given you all a sheet of paper. And what I want you to do is I want you to write on that paper, what is that? What is that thing? Maybe it's a burden in your heart. Maybe it's a relationship that you're struggling with. Maybe it's a child that you're aching for, a health diagnosis, finances, a hurt because of something or someone that you've lost. Whatever it is, I want you to write that burden, that thing that is burdening you. I want you to write that on that piece of paper. It could be an addiction that you can't seem to beat or the guilt that you're carrying from something that you did or the shame you're carrying from something that was done to you. Whatever that burden might be, write it down on that sheet of paper. Don't put your name on it. Just write it on that sheet of paper. 1 Peter 5, 7 says that we're supposed to cast all our cares or our anxieties, our burdens on him because he cares for us. And I want to encourage you to write that down. And here in a moment, we're going to do something with it. And I, and I can see that this week with my friend Damien. Just in how the Lord has so graced his heart with the death of his wife and how the Lord has graced his heart through this and how he's managing. And I know there's going to come some waves that are going to knock him down. I get it. But it's been amazing. In regards to her obituary and funeral service info, he wrote this. He said, saddest, most beautiful thing to ever post. You can just see surrender in that. This, I can't control this. This is saddest, but it's the most beautiful thing I could ever post. He said, it has been a sad day, but we have a wonderful life to celebrate. It's sad, but you know what? I'm not going to grow in bitterness. We have a wonderful life to celebrate. And you can see him surrendering that burden to the Lord. Why? Because they know the fellowship of what it feels like to be in the presence of Jesus he said, this morning at 10, 10 a.m., my bride, the love of my life, the best mother in the world, went to be with the one she loves the most, Jesus. It was a holy peace moment. Yeah. You know what was so special about my friend in that moment and his family gathered? God was with them. Peace entered into that room. And that's the same thing when it comes to the story of Mary and the angel appears to her. The angel says, the Lord is with you. God with us. That means Emmanuel. He is with us. And so because of that, we can choose to surrender whatever it is we need to surrender to him. Why? Listen, because God can do way more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control. 
And so what I want you to do is we're going back into worship. If you want us to pray by name, put your name on it. Because we're going to pray over these this week. If you don't, you want an anonymous, don't put your name on it. Amen? But here in a little bit, we're going to worship. And as we worship, once they begin to sing, just begin to make your way and set it here on this altar as a saying like, Lord, I surrender this to you. I can't carry this burden. This is yours to carry. I may not have the power to control, but I have the power to surrender. And I lay this before you today. I lay this in your hands. Can I just say it this way? That which is in your heart will always do better in his hands. Your heart's not made to carry that burden, amen? His hands are. So today you'll be able to come and just lay it at the altar before the Lord. I can't make you surrender, (laughs) but what we can do is create an environment where the presence of the Holy Spirit, let's stand up, where the presence of the Holy Spirit is here and we can simply surrender to him. I promise you, God will do more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control. I promise you that. And so you know exactly what you're going through right now. Maybe you're going to surrender sin, some sort of a sin that you're struggling with. Maybe you're going to just surrender a decision that you're having to make. Maybe for you, you're, you're surrendering your future or your past. Maybe for some in this room, you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so literally, you're surrendering your whole life to say, I want him to be my Lord. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Make your way as we sing today. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.